1: My name is Josh Peck, host of Peck Report on Daily Renegade. I used to suffer with chronic pain from a degenerative bone disease. I was hopelessly addicted to opioids without any end in sight. But then I discovered Kratom and CBD. I am no longer on prescription drugs and I have more energy and pain relief than ever before. Kratom and CBD have given me my life back without draining my bank account. If you too would like some minor to major pain relief, Kratom and CBD might be for you. Either click on the links in the description below this video or go to dailyrenegade.com on the top left banner or right side ad and check out tropic health kratom and cbd use promo code health 20 for 20 percent off your order and get your life back today boy have we got a show for you drugs rock and roll detoxing from babylon prosperity gospel spiritual warfare and so much more on today's peck report Hey everybody hope you are doing well uh well i just got done conducting one of the most one of the most interesting interviews that i've ever done and i i do interviews all the time but i'm uh i'm really excited about this one uh so uh well i'm just gonna jump right into it and we'll talk a little bit more after the interview so without further ado here is my good friend mike stibbs from detox babylon enjoy mike how are you doing I'm doing very good, Josh. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to talk with you. Uh, your very first time on Peck Report. And of course, you know, I would jokingly say uh, you should be honored, but actually the honor's all mine. So I don't have an ego that big.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, needless to say, I'm, I'm very honored to be here. It's awesome. Um, I love what you're doing on Daily Renegade. It's truly uh, God's work.
1: Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, and then and we have sort of kind of uh, an announcement to the audience that we'll get to later, having to do with that. But before we before we get to that, uh, let's introduce the audience uh, to yourself. Um, can you introduce yourself and share some of your testimony? Uh, what led you to Jesus? What kind of person were you before that, and how did that lead to uh, what you do today? And what do you do today? There you go. I gave you like five questions, so that should keep you busy for a while. <laughs>
2: Well yeah okay, well, you know um well first off i'm i'm thirty nine years old um i actually i live in uh, a small town in northwest uh montana, and um kind of it's its own story how I got to this little city but i grew up i grew up in l a the l a area and um you know i about fourteen years old, i started to get into rock and roll and like nirvana, all of these bands. And I, I just wanted to be a rock star so very bad. It became my life's work to try to get to that, to that pivotal place to where I could be famous. I wanted all of that that the world had to offer, that the rock and roll scene had to offer. So I started playing in a band when I was about 14. And uh, we started to get a lot of attention Um, On the local scene, because we were so young and we were just out there trying to do our thing. And um, I could really skip across, you know, most of the stuff. It's, you know, your kind of cliche, you know, drugs, rock and roll stuff. Um, But I did pick up a very serious uh, drug addiction along the way that started at about 16 and led until I was about 30. Um, And that's really kind of where that testimony comes from. But here I am, you know. Fast forward, I'm about 25, and I'm I'm uh, addicted to you know painkillers, coke, uh, marijuana, everything. But the painkillers was really the bad one, and um, I was losing everything in my life. Um, the band, uh, at when I was 25, we broke up because I could no longer function as a a part of the group anymore. And so they basically, they didn't really kick me out. They just sort of started a new band without me. And, um, uh, I'm sitting, uh, in my apartment and I have nothing left. My guitars are all pawned and everything, everything is gone. I mean, it was just crazy. And all I could think about was, is how could I get $50 so I can go get high? And um, somehow I ended up, I was, uh, in my mom's, I went to my mom's house and, uh, my mom is a prayer warrior. She's always praying for me. Always, always was, still is, but I'm here, I'm, I'm, she's praying for me and she just kind of knew what was going on. And I felt the presence of God. Uh, nevertheless, it still t- took me about five years to come around out of that and really, uh, you know, at twenty when I was about twenty-seven, I started to go to an outpatient rehab center to get clean. And um I was a very, very manipulative person um pretty much all the time. And I manipulated this doctor to give me basically any drug that I wanted to get. And so I was taking the stuff to get off the oxycotton. I was taking antidepressants. I was taking Xanax. I was taking Ambien. I mean, you name it. I was. It, it basically led me to a place where I was way more addicted than I was before. And um, at this time, I'm I'm bartending at a at a high end casino down in uh, the San Diego area. And um, while all of this was happening, my dad moved to Florida. To go uh, live near my sister, and my sister was having this radical encounter with God, and they started to pray for me as they knew you know that I was still caught in all of this stuff and and um, my dad sent me this uh, series, this teaching on it was um I think it was like called the Power words. It was very much like a prosperity driven gospel type of deal. But nevertheless, there was something that I heard in there that changed my life forever. And it was this idea that if I could speak what God was saying about me, then maybe I can actually change. And that somehow, it was a six-month period, I'll tell you, because I fought it all along the way. (laughs) I mean, I would put these CDs, and I had like an hour drive to work. which um, So i put these CDs in my car, I would listen to it. And I'm thinking to myself, like for the first like three months, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to listen to him. I don't really care. You know, I don't believe this stuff, but it can't hurt because my life was in disarray. I'd lost everything. I mean, I was making a lot of money bartending at this place, but I was spending three times as much on my drug addiction. And um, so anyway, after like the third month, I, I had there was a 10.000. CD series. And I get to the last CD and I was bummed out. I was like, oh man, I need more. So I started to listen to it again. And something took root in me. And as I'm driving to work one day, and I'm you know, pretty much stoned out of my mind on all of these different pills. And I told God right there, and I'm crying, I'm driving to work. I said, you know what, if you're real, if this If what this guy is saying in these tapes is true, then I'm just right now, I'm going to blindly believe it because I have nothing else to do. I have nowhere else to go. I mean, my life is in disarray. I I can't afford this addiction. You know, waking up every single morning in sweat and feeling terrible, detoxing and needing to get on the phone, calling people, trying to get what I needed to get. It was this you know 10 years of that and i was i basically wanted to die um and i think that that's what happened i think you know we died to ourselves you know when that happened so you know speaking that word of god over my life and it was a six month period until i was able to get to that point to where i would start to feel him and have him actually started to take me off the drugs and then from there it was another six months to get off the drugs. I mean, I didn't, I didn't come off at cold turkey by any means. I actually went, I found another doctor that was, that knew what she was doing. And she, um, I told her that I was, that this doctor was not doing the right thing by me. And I know I was manipulating him. Uh, but nevertheless, he should know they, they, they should know. And they really, when it comes down to it, I mean, I just, I even pray for people out there that deal with that, that the doctors aren't really um, interested in helping them, rather than just writing a script. But this lady, she uh, got me. She, she weaned me off of everything. And I mean, I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. I was smoking weed. I was doing all this stuff. Within six months, I was completely clean. And I'm, but I'm still a bartender. You know. And it was funny, though, because God, what God does, everything with me, it always comes down to evangelism. Um, so God started to, like, put bring these people to my bar that just needed God. And I started praying for people behind the bar and having all these crazy conversations with people. And... Um, it's just really uh, the people that you meet in those environments they they definitely need Jesus they need they need help and so um, after I started to pray because I wanted to get out of that place I didn't want to be in that lifestyle at all and uh, the Lord uh, definitely started to move and um, I I went from California and I ended up moving to Florida and stayed with my sister and her husband for a while um, during the whole This whole process. And um, so that's that that's the drug part of the testimony. I mean, so it was it was crazy. But God does it, though. You know, he really does it when we when we just believe. And especially when we come to the end of ourselves, you know, it's like that's where I think a lot of times he's waiting for that, because if we're doing in our own strength, it's it's not going to happen.
1: You know. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And and the it's interesting because there's so many points of your testimony that correlate with mine. I mean, I I too wanted to be, you know, a famous rock and roll, you know, I wanted to uh, you know, musician and I I um I was born and raised in Michigan and there was an independent label uh, up north that was actually finally going to sign us. And you know I had been waiting for this my whole life, and at the time I was on uh, pills too. I was on narcotics, painkillers, uh, and I I had uh, it, it wasn't um, um, it wasn't a rehab doctor, but it was just a, a family doctor that I was manipulating to <laughs> to get more more pills than what I needed at the time. And I you know I I was I was a total mess, and uh, we there was this label that wanted to sign us. And the day that we were supposed to drive down and sign the paperwork, we got a phone call from him and he said that the, uh, the label went bankrupt and that he's, he's just closing it down. So I, I was so mad at that time. And I, I mean, I, I was like, well, you know, God you gave me a talent and you're not letting me use it. You know what's the deal here and you know I was just totally self-obsessed. I was I wasn't thinking about what God really had in in, in mind. I was only thinking about what I wanted and uh so you know that it, but yeah, that all all the drug stuff um and then uh for for me it was uh and, and it's funny because I can identify with, with how you found these, these CDs that, um, you know, spoke to you and, and reignited something different in you. And I, I had the same experience, but it was with, uh, LA Marzulli's material. I, I had never heard about him before. And, um, I was, I, I had reached the end of my rope. I too wanted to die and, and, and it was terrible. And, uh, I, I, and I, I went the wrong route with detoxing. I went cold turkey on my own, which is extremely dangerous. But at the time, you know, I, I just wanted it done and over with, and I didn't care if it killed me. Uh, so that was like the the first two weeks of that were absolute hell. And then for like the next year, it was it was pretty rough too. But but. um I, I was praying a lot during that time, and and I was flipping through the TV stations one time, and this guy named La Marzulli was on TV, and I was listening to him, and uh, I became obsessed with his stuff, and so I was ordering his DVDs, and then that led me to other people like like Tom Horn, who I work for now, and uh, it led me to all these other researchers in in the field, and I had never heard Christianity like that before. I, I grew up in a really legalistic kind of environment, so I I didn't know that Christians would even talk about this stuff or even even uh, have questions about it, you know. I I always have, uh. But you know, I, I felt pretty alone up until that point. So I, I very, very similar testimony. That that that's amazing. And one one thing from L. A. which which leads to my next question is, um, uh, I I really learned the 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 value and the, the you know the 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 proper definitions of of spiritual warfare and i put a plural on that because you know spiritual warfare is has kind of become like a buzzword that christians will just use and then you don't really know what it means because there's so many different variations of it there's a lot of accurate definitions of it and then of course there's some stuff that's not that's it's not spiritual warfare at all but but for the actual like the the real spiritual warfare stuff i i I got my I got I got my foot in the door in that uh, in that world through La Marzulli and then uh, you know I've I've been working in that ever since and uh, you you have an interest in spiritual warfare too so how how would you define spiritual warfare what what type of it are are you involved in and how did you get into that
2: well yeah I mean so so spiritual warfare like, like just as you said you know all of a sudden when we say that there is this like context and connotation that comes across of spiritual warfare like oh I'm battling you know, demons and stuff like that, which, well, it is very true in a lot of cases. Um, but spiritual warfare for me and what um, kind of where the Lord is leading me, it's it's if we look at the life of Jesus, okay, and we look at, you know, just his journey to going to the cross, that was the biggest act of spiritual warfare that we'll ever see. Because we even we even know that he prayed for God to take that away. So there, there's this fight that was happening between the flesh and the spirit. And um, even in, I think it's Galatians 6, forgive me if I'm not quoting it right, but Paul talks about um, how the spirit and the flesh war against one another. And he talks about how, you know, he talks about the different things that are of the flesh, and then he talks about the things that are of the spirit. And really what what the, the basis of it, the foundational truth behind spiritual warfare, is knowing that it's not about a feeling. It's about walking with God in the spirit and finding out what he is saying about certain things in our life. And so um, a great example of, um, you know, of a way that I encountered spiritual warfare and then saw great, um, great things come out of it was when I I first did get saved. Um, I, I knew that there was still a lot of things in my life that needed to change. And one of them was the music, okay, that I was listening to, because I realized it, it was probably like, a couple months after I got saved, and I'm 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 driving down the street and I'm listening to this band, and the first the first song on the CD was like drugs, 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 give me more drugs. And then I thought to myself, well, shoot. I mean, I basically heard this music all my life, and I'm a product of Of What I put into my brain and put into my life and the Holy Spirit he told me he was like, I want you to take all of your CDs and just throw them away like there's no, you don't need it anymore. You don't need to put that stuff in you. Now, I know that that can sound kind of religious to some people. Um, You know, hey, don't listen to secular music. I'm not saying that i'm just saying what god was saying to me was like you don't need any of this anymore and as soon as i did that like people like my friends thought i was crazy that i was you know working with and whatnot they're like hey did you hear this new band this or that and i'm like you know i just don't listen to that stuff anymore you know and to me that was an act of spiritual warfare it was something that holy spirit said you know do this and I did it, and I reaped this reward. And I started to just listen to a Christian, you know, even Christian rock. I was listening to, and uh, just worship music, and just starting to fill my mind and take out the things of the world and replace them with what God was saying. And so, you know, when I when it comes down to it, now that's just the basis of spiritual warfare. I just think it's it's this it's the walk. In the spirit and listening to God and what He's saying. Now, we do know that our flesh is not, or I'm sorry, we know that the battle is not with the flesh, but it is with this spiritual realm. And God is, He, you know, how you were talking about L.A. Marzulli. um, The way I found out about you guys was I was probably like 2012, and this is actually a really cool story, but um, I'm working at this coffee shop in Florida. And, um, I'm starting to witness to all of these people and, um, you know, it's just sharing how good God is, you know, and I get this call at work one night from my roommate and he told me, he's like, Hey man, he goes, one of my friends from high school is over here. And he's like, he's, he's going crazy. Like he needs to talk to somebody that has Jesus. So I got, I got home and I'm talking to this kid and he was just going through some stuff and he relates this story to me. And he says, and he starts to cry. And he says, I was on the beach and I'm with my friend and I'm looking off into the sky and they saw this UFO. And he, he said, This UFO it was like three of them flying around and then they started to dance. And all of a sudden, it was like the way that he explained it is he said, They started to turn into these shapes. But he told me, he says, I can tell you that. I couldn't, I I, I I. don't know what I was seeing. Like I couldn't say it looked like a TV or it looked like a refrigerator. He says, what I was seeing was something I've never seen before. And I can't explain it. He's like, we don't have the language to explain it. So I'm like thinking to myself, I know nothing. I don't even, I don't know any of, I don't know any of this alien stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, I, you know, what do I do? So I, I prayed for him and I told him, I said, look, I said, I don't know what you saw, but I'm going to pray to God. And I said, I have faith that God's going to show me what, what you saw. So the next morning I wake up and in my I used to listen to just worship music off of YouTube. And in my YouTube feed, I see this 10-year-old boy explaining the dimensions. And one thing that he said in there is he said that, he goes, if you were to see something come in from a different dimension, you wouldn't know what it was because you'd have no frame of reference. And so right there, that led, that started me off on this path. And so anyway, I, I, I end up uh, talking to this kid and I, I prayed for him more. Um, I heard down the pipeline that he actually did end up receiving Jesus a few years later, got himself cleaned up. He, he It was a whole mess, but it was that story of what he was saying. It was just witnessing that it was true, that something is going on out there um, that we can't necessarily fully understand or fully explain, and why is this happening? And so, you know, God did start leading me down this direction. I was studying the different dimensions. I know, uh, you know, the the ones out there that were saying that there was 11 dimensions and whatnot, and I started to get all these just revelations and even allegories of how to explain how prayer works just through all of this and then and then I, then I came across uh, Steve Quayle, I came across Tom Horn, and then I came across you. I think it was the first time you were on the Hagman Report and you shared your uh, astro project, projection uh, testimony. And I'm like, man, so there, there is some weird stuff that's going out on, on out there. And really, you know, the Christian church, I believe they're starting to wake up more and more to it. Um, but we need to get the truth out there because it, it does, it, for me, it comes down to evangelism is we need to be able to tell these people that have that experience and be able to, to witness truth to them and tell them, you know, that they're not crazy, that there is something going on out there. And if we can't do that and we just give them, you know, a cookie cutter answer, well, that's not God. Let's talk about Jesus. That's it, you know, which is all good. But we need to we need to be able to speak intelligently to these topics
1: absolutely you know that that's really interesting too because my awakening into this kind of stuff happened in the same year 2012 so that's uh I, and a lot of people that i know it happened for them in that same year too uh which is really interesting but um you know it's probably an outpouring of the holy spirit to counteract all that may and you know mayan end of the world kind of stuff but um you know who knows, but yeah, that's that's really interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I know for me, what I, I came out of uh, I came out of New Age because while I was doing drugs and everything, I got really into New Age stuff, and uh, it was interesting because when I came, uh, you know, back to Christianity. Um, God used like the, the hyper charismatic movement to kind of like wean me back in. And I'm not a charismatic at all. I mean, they, they, I, I'm not opposed to them, but you know, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I would consider new age that, that is, that is kind of inundated and, you know, I'm not saying they're not Christians or anything, but, um, but anyway, you know, me coming out of that, I, I think God knew I, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, just, just jump into the deep end and he, he kind of used that to, to guide me into where I am now. And it's interesting because it sounds like he might've used the prosperity, uh, stuff for you because you, you, know, you, you were, you were chasing after what, what the world had to offer and the, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And maybe that was, uh, maybe the, maybe part of why those CDs spoke, uh, spoke to you is cause it was kind of like a trans transition. And, um, so like now, now, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a charismatic, I'm non-denominational. I, I, I I still believe in the gifts and all that stuff, but I'm not swinging off the chandeliers (laughs) in church or anything. (laughs) So what, what are, what are your thoughts about like the prosperity gospel kind of stuff now?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, the Lord definitely leads us in that direction. Um, you know, I, I I really think that a lot of and, and I think even the language that we started to use in church um, through that prosperity gospel, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, because we should never use the gospel for us to have a better day and to have a better life and have more things, right? It's it, we're not. I just I think it it, it really does. It's a, it's a new age belief to try to get. Uh, things to manifest. And, and I hear that they, they take a, a part of the truth. Um, maybe I would say 90% of the truth, and then they're mixing it with um, the secret, like the book, the secret yeah. or the, the documentary. It sounds like I watched the documentary on the secret and I was like, oh my gosh, they're using the same language that I've heard in the church that I was going to. Yep. And I I think that, you know, the Lord, I definitely believe God wants to bless us. He wants us to have, you know, eat the good of the land. He wants us to walk in prosperity, but not without him. He wants it to be with him and there's always a process and i think what what happens is is when you know people will tell you in that movement like hey you just don't have enough faith you need to believe more like oh you're not healed yet well you just need to have more faith well you know no that's that that is terrible to tell somebody that because that's putting everything on you yeah we put we put everything on Jesus Amen. and here's the truth here's the truth of the matter is i may never see my healing or or something like that on this earth, even no matter how much I believe the the, the truth is I may never see it, but guess what? We do see it one day when we go to heaven and we're, we're made completely whole, you know? And so it's this thing. It's like, I never stop believing that Jesus heals because Jesus heals. I'm always going to believe that. I'm always going to believe that he has good for me, that he wants to put me where he wants to put me, but I'm never going to put it on him. It's, um, I'm never going to say, well, God, you didn't do this. And you, you said this in your word and you're not doing it. I'm never going to do that. I'm always going to grow into that place until eventually we take our last breath and we're all healed a hundred percent. And that's where, that's where it lies for me. So I I do think, you know, I see, I see something prophetic happening right now in the church. Like I feel, I feel that God is starting to shake up that, that end of things, that prosperity. And he's really, I I feel like it's a lot of people are going to be exposed. And more importantly, I believe that a lot of Christians, um, especially even Christians that aren't Christians yet, but that will be Christians, they're seeing the deception and the manipulation and the greed, you know, that Paul, that Timothy, or that the book of Timothy talks about how, you know, you know, that, you know, that men will become lovers of money. The millennial generation, they're smart and they see through that corruption. And I believe that God is waking up um, that generation and those ones that are coming in that they're that I just feel because the lie was so thick that the truth is going to shine that much more through all of that deception that we see
1: amen man I, I am right on track with you and uh, I, I feel the same way about about you know current the, the current prosperity gospel and you know how new age has crept into the church because it, it all centers around this idea that that man is God and God is not God. And you even see this you know Christians won't use that language but they that sometimes they'll act as if that's true the Christians who find themselves in these extreme groups uh, because the way that they act is you know if I, if I just pray enough or if I say things the right way, or if I speak things, then then they'll happen. But they're leaving out the, the biggest factor, which is God. It's up to God. He's the one that's going to make the decision. We don't make the decision. And I, I love what you said about how you may never find healing in this life, but you know you will in the next. And I feel the same about me because... Uh, you know, I have, I have a rare bone disease and it's, you know, I'm, I'm handling it fine. It's not life threatening or anything like that, but it does, it does cause pain day to day. Um, though God is, God has given me some tools to get through that too. So that's been really great. But, uh, but I, I'm, when I was in the, the hyper charismatic stuff, I, I would try to concentrate and pray and pray really hard up day and night and, you know, pray without ceasing. And, you know, I would do all this stuff and, uh, and, and nothing, you know, no healing, um, nothing at all. And, I, I I remember thinking there's something wrong with me what am I doing wrong i i didn't even think you know maybe maybe I got this whole thing mixed up you know maybe maybe it's not that i'm doing something wrong but i'm interpreting this wrong you know i don't get to control jesus i don't get to control the gifts they're gifts you know they're 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 not possessions i don't i don't possess the the you know uh, uh, the power of healing it's it's a gift that God will give uh, when he deems it necessary and just because even, there are times that people might only do it once in their lives. They might be able to heal somebody one time and then never be able to do it again because it's not a superpower. It's a gift that God will give people when he sees fit, and we don't have any say on when that's going to happen. Now, you know, we can walk in obedience. We can we can pray. We can do all that stuff, which we should do because we love God, not because we want to get something out of it. And through that obedience, maybe God will say, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're clearly responsible and mature enough to handle this. You have the right perception perspective if i if i bestow this gift on you this one time you're not going to turn around and make it all about yourself you're going to give jesus the glory you know he 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 could he could do that but he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have to and there's there's nowhere there's nowhere in the bible where where it says that man is supposed to uh you know on his own take it upon himself to learn how to operate in those gifts. So I remember uh, I'm I'm getting a little rambly, but you got me fired up with that. But (laughs) I remember one of the, one of the main things that got me out of the charismatic stuff, um, was, uh, well, well, two things. One was exactly what, what, what you said, you, you know, with the, with the healing stuff, my, um, uh, my father-in-law uh, was diagnosed with a, a really aggressive cancer he, he he passed on really quickly so he didn't have to suffer much but but during that process because my 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 wife's family uh, is is really on the charismatic side and um, but through that process the pastors of uh, his church would like come into the house and tell tell him that it's up to him and he he needs to have more faith and he needs to like all this stuff. And 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 he, they were even telling him if he dies, it's because he didn't have enough faith. And just you you can't, you can't even imagine saying that to somebody who's laying on their deathbed of of cancer. Um, and you know, needless to say, they quit going to that church. They kicked the guys out. They never spoke to them again. But but that was that was part of it. It's like, man, if you're thinking that that's what the gift of healing is, there's there's no grace in that. There's no mercy. There's no love or compassion. Uh, there there's there's nothing there. It's it's they have an idea on what the the gift of healing is supposed to be, and if it doesn't fit in that box, then they need to make it about somebody else because they couldn't possibly be wrong on their interpretation. So that was one of them. And then uh, the 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 other one, it'll it'll come back to me. But but needless to say, it it uh, I I ended up I ended up getting out of that. And you know, but still, I believe in the gifts. But I believe that God is ultimately uh, up to that. And when when man when when human beings think that they can control them it really gets into new age fast. I mean, I mean, that basically is new age that, you know, you can bypass God and just kind of do your own thing.
2: You know, and that's, you know, it's so, it's such a sensitive topic now, I think for this, because I'll say this, right? Like our faith is not found in the yes and no, it's found in the, even those like, even though i'm going through this, I believe that Jesus still heals, even though i'm going through this, I believe that Jesus has good for me otherwise it's not faith it's manipulation yep. and when we come to i mean that and, and like I say you know I know there's there's some steadfast people that will tell you well you just got to keep doing it it's you but but it's not it's not about us it's about Jesus and you know I think that that God is he's so much more concerned with our with building our character than just you know i mean because for god it's like when he blesses us and he gives us a gift whether it be a spiritual gift or a natural gift he's already done it to him he's already done it he's not waiting for it; it's already done but for us it's like we've got to walk into his will you know for what he has for us and that's that's a interesting topic all on its own about, you know, trying to find um, our purpose, you know, just like, you know, with you and me, we're trying to be a rock star and God's like, well, no, that's not my plan for you. And, you know, we cry out to him and all of a sudden he starts to lead and guide us over a gradual amount of time into walking with him and doing what he formed us for, rather than us trying to make our own life, you know, and it's, and especially once we cross over uh, that line into, you know, being a Christian and being a son of God, it's very important to realize that it's no longer about our will. It's about the will of the father. And that's the thing is our, whatever our purpose is, whether we're walking in it right now, or, or we're walking towards it, we're not going to be any more happy doing something else. That's where we're going to find the peace and contentment, and find the satisfaction of really truly walking with Holy Spirit in, the, in all Amen. that.
1: Amen. And you actually just reminded me too that the, the second thing that got me out of the extreme stuff was uh, when I never received uh, healing from my bone disease, and you know, for a while, like I like I mentioned, I was feeling like I did something wrong, but I, I started to realize just over time. It it might just not be in God's plan for me to be healed in that way just yet. And at the time when I had that thought, I, I couldn't imagine why not, but it made sense later. Once I started um, going on shows like Hagman and Hagman Report and, and stuff like that, and I would share you know, the part of my testimony about my bone disease, I got so many responses from chronic pain sufferers who identified with it. And the thing about chronic pain sufferers is many of them feel totally alone because most people are not chronic pain sufferers. And if if you happen to be one of them, most of the people in your life aren't going to be able to really understand what you're going through. And it it can be really lonely and really depressing. And, um, but All of a sudden, I got all these responses and emails from people saying that, you know, they too suffered with chronic pain and how much it meant to them that that uh, there, there was somebody out there talking about it and they didn't feel quite as alone. And, you know, I kept up I kept up conversations with a lot of these people throughout years and. That then I saw, oh, this is a part of my ministry that I didn't even think would be. You know, when I when I had decided that I wanted to go into ministry, I I had no clue that that was a part of it. Uh, but that's that's one of the most powerful parts of it. And you know, I didn't design it that way, but uh, but it, it came as a surprise to me. But now, if God would have healed me when I asked for it, that part of my ministry would be gone. Um I, I would be somebody that would have had a miraculous healing through Jesus and that, that can you know that can inspire people as well. But it would have it would have left all those other people who have chronic issues uh feeling alone. And, you know, once I thought about that, I thought, you know, you know what? I, I can I can live, you know, 70, 80 years, however long my life is, I can live with some pain. You know, if if that means that it's gonna help this many people, man, that's worth it. You know, I, I it's not forever. You know, in the next life I'll have a new body, I'll be fine. Um, but if me going through a little bit of pain um can help that many people, then I, I then I don't wanna be I don't wanna be healed because through 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 it, it, it's it's that J- Jesus is strongest through our weaknesses you, you, you know so uh it, it so it's not about me it's about Jesus but somebody can identify with me they know that and, and they're going through that same struggle that same pain and it can inspire them uh, to to lean harder on Jesus and know that Jesus isn't abandoning them that that there's there is a reason for it and if if they knew what the reason was and they were given a choice they would probably choose to keep the pain uh, which sounds insane but that uh, I can only speak from personal Personal experience—that's what it was in in my case. So that—that was another thing that really got me out of the extreme charismatic stuff because that wasn't even brought up. That wasn't even an an option. It wasn't even a question. Nobody. uh, And I I went to a whole bunch of churches. Not a single pastor or a single church member ever asked ever asked me did you did you ever think this might be in God's plan and maybe he doesn't want to heal you because that sounds cold hearted and you know you, nobody wants to represent God like that but but it's not cold hearted when there's when there's a greater uh when there's a greater benefit and and the last point on that is knowing how much Jesus suffered for me so I could be with him in eternity man if all i have to do is deal with some chronic pain you know for 70 or 80 years that that's nothing compared to what jesus went through for me and uh and everybody else on earth uh who who chooses to accept him so to to me it's it's totally a worthy thing uh i i would rather have the pain and help people than than be pain free and not help anybody in that in the in that circumstance so uh, and since coming to that realization right after that like r- right when i right when i it, it's not it's not It's not that it wasn't when I came to the realization; it's when I accepted it. You know, it wasn't the knowledge that did anything; it was my acceptance. When I finally accepted it, and I said, "All right, Jesus, it is all in Your hands." Right after that, I got a hip replacement surgery that cut down on a lot of my pain. Uh, I discovered some herbal remedies that really help lower the pain. I still have pain every day, but I can function, and I'm I'm fine. Like it's not really that. M- most days, I can kind of forget about it now, which had never been the case before. So, in in that way, God gave me some options where the the pain is. Cut down drastically more than pain pills ever did, more than me trying to pray in tongues ever did. You know, and not not making fun of that. My wife prays in tongues, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. But but it it just it wasn't that wasn't God's path for me. And once I accepted that, you know, Jesus, you know best. I'm going to follow you no matter what. Uh, that's when things started falling in line. And, and it's all about, you know, that, that maturity and, and that, that just willingness to accept Jesus lead. So uh, yeah, yeah, man, you, you, you're getting a lot yeah. out of me. I, I, I'm supposed <laughs> to be interviewing you and I'm not letting you talk.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that, you know, it, it's, it's such, it's so important though for, for us to realize a couple of things here of just of, of your testimony, Josh. And um so the one The one thing that I'm hearing is God says, He says, for those that love me, I'm going to work all things together for good. Okay, and then then you kind of touched on it. Paul said, He says, you know, I will boast in my weakness because that's where the God's strength is perfected. And so I just I can't I can't get down with these people that tell me, well, you just need to have more faith. I'm like, well. I still believe Jesus wants to heal, but nevertheless, there's a, the greater truth is, is that he might have a plan for, like you said, for somebody else. And that's so important because we can really wake up in the morning and and get down on ourselves. What am I doing wrong? And the truth of the matter is, is the only thing that we're doing wrong is we're believing things that aren't really in the Bible. I mean. You know, we can't take one verse and isolate that verse, and then and then make it make a truth out of that. We gotta look at the whole context, not even the context of just the whole Bible, but what was happening around that time. You know, there's so much there. So I, you know, I just encourage everybody. I just I just say that. You know, wherever your weakness is, is boast in that weakness because God's strength will be perfected in that weakness. It's amazing. He's an amazing God.
1: Amen. I couldn't agree more. All right, hope you enjoyed that. So we have a big announcement, but we're going to save that for members only because it has to do with the future of Daily Renegade. It has to do with uh, some new shows that are coming on the platform and it uh, just has to do with members. So if you want to be a member, go to dailyrenegade.com and become a member. We also did talk with uh, Mike about detoxing from Babylon. What, what does that mean? Uh, what, what is the Babylon of today? We even get into a little bit of uh, a process prophecy and politics and we get into some really cool areas so if you want to see the rest of the interview you're going to want to become a member that website again is dailyrenegade.com become a member today and while you're there uh, I've met I mentioned uh, chronic pain in the interview uh, some of the tools that I use now that I found extremely beneficial very helpful uh, I want to share with you in case you are dealing with similar issues uh, but I take Kratom every day now at the beginning of this peck report there's a commercial uh for tropic health kratom and you can you can you can get their stuff with a credit card which is great makes it really easy and it's a good product well we also uh we also like coastline kratom now with coastline you do have to set up a pay account uh but it's still great kratom and so we wanted to give you guys a couple different options uh because everybody's body is different uh but the, these these two are are very good it's hard to find good kratom out there so we've done all the work for you, and uh, we found some good stuff. So uh, this this really helps me with chronic pain. I take it every day. Something else that I do, and I don't even have to take as much kratom when I do this, is take CBD. If you take CBD an hour before bed, the next you're going to sleep great. I I, I sleep amazing. Uh, you're going to be very well rested, uh, and you won't. You, you the next day, at least for me, I'm not in as much pain, and I don't need to take as much uh, kratom the next day, which is very helpful. It's very beneficial. Uh, also, if you're into it. We also provide uh, colloidal silver from Silver of Life. Colloidal silver is uh, great, uh, at, you know, for, for immune boosting, but you can also clean with it, so you can get some of those harsh chemicals uh, out of your kitchen and out of your bathroom. Uh, so this stuff is great. You can also find that at DailyRenegade.com. All of that stuff can be found at the very top banner. All right. Once again, if you want to watch the rest of the interview, and you're gonna want to because we saved the best for last. If you want to watch the rest rest of the interview uh, and also get get the get get the news on the big announcement then you'll want to be a member and watch this full video we also have full versions of all of our shows here on daily renegade Uh, so that website again is dailyrenegade.com so if you are a member hang on the line we're going to get right to it for everybody else thank you so much for joining us please subscribe click the bell for notifications follow us online and until next time take care and god bless
0: plus.